Why me, Gabriel? It's personal, isn't it? I didn't go to church enough. I didn't pray enough. I it's fine, but I'm sure I'm a collection plate. Why? You are going to die young because you smoked 30 cigarettes a day since you were 15. And you're going to go to hell because of the life you took. Welcome back, everybody, to Comic Book Heroes Podcast. This is issue number five today. It's issue number gonna... six, isn't it? No, oh, no, 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 because that was a one-shot. Oh, Bill and Ted that's doesn't count. right. That's special. Uh, Bill and Ted does, certainly. Yeah, well, I mean, it does, but um, we're back on track with our, our superhero talk. Yes, you're right. Yeah. You're and, right. I'm wrong. And from the last, uh, the last Two-Face uh, coin toss, I won again, and um, we went with Constantine for a couple of reasons. Um, one is to keep the Keanu love rolling after Bill and Ted. And because I was in like such a zone, uh, uh, Chris, <laughs> Christina and I had done like the, we were like marathoning the first two movies leading up to, to face the music. And um, uh, the second reason is, is, you know, we're in the middle of September, which means we're in a Halloween town right now. And this is a nice little first step into maybe some spooky movies that are you know, comic book related that Rob and I will be talking to over the next few weeks. But um, with that, it's me, Ray Gabriel, and my good friend, Rob Van Brunt. And we have a very special guest today, Christina Stobing. Our first guest, Christina, say hello. Hey, hello, hello. Everyone. Yes. Thank you so much for, for doing this on, on short notice. It's fun. This is like the first time we're dipping our toes into having, having somebody on. And I understand we've got quite a line of people that are interested in i hope i don't it. ruin it for everybody coming. <laughs> impossible like never again are you gonna have another guest after me this is gonna be the the barometer so if you screw this <laughs> up then everybody else sorry guys we gave it a shot um, <laughs> so christina and i um we go way back to around the same time period that rob and i met when rob and i were working in the comic book store together um back in the late uh, like 99 early 2000s well i wasn't working i was working there in 2003 or so okay um 2002 2003 i think um so yeah if, i was only there for a year well i mean it's a pleasure for me to be speaking to both of you together because you're both part of that time period um and uh full disclosure Christina and I used to date back then. And when we were young and fresh. <laughs> yes. And Rob and I, well, we've been dating ever since then. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you didn't take a break at all, just straight through. <laughs> straight, straight to your true love, me. Yeah. Um, but back then, you know, um, another thing that I'm excited about with this movie with Constantine um, was uh, Alan Moore. This is our first. Uh, movie talking about anything Alan Moore related. And back in those days, he was just on fire with America's Best Comics. He had like a ton of books coming out all the time. Most of them were delayed, but I mean, there, were, there was plenty of stuff that was happening. And Christina, you and I kind of shared that experience together. You were re reading a lot of that stuff at that time, right? Yes, absolutely. I was first introduced to Alan Moore by you with uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You said I wasn't ready for Watchmen. I had to work my way up to that. Did I say that? Oh, I was such a yep. dick. <laughs> <laughs> you do have those moments of being kind of like my 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 taste in comics. Perfect. Do I? Oh, yeah, you did. You, you were you were you you would get snobbish until you didn't like it anymore. All right. You like, know what? I don't like where this conversation's going already. <laughs> um, There's no, no way I'm you're just... not going to get ganged up on here. Yeah, that's true. I'm the same way. I'm. 
Yeah, I mean, and with movies too, for sure. I think back then, though, I mean, and even now, it's like I was kind of like, you know, you read the room, like, what's going to be a good introduction to Alan Moore? Like back then, I mean, also, I was like really into that first league series, and it was just I so think accessible. You absolutely made the right choice. Starting with Watchmen is is kind of difficult. I mean, I, I read like Archie and Veronica when I was a kid, so it's not like I was super into comic books before I met you. So I think you made the right decision. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. Rob, okay, what other right decisions I should... have I made? <laughs> um, I can't think of any offhand. Um, although you did say that we saw this saw Constantine together, and I do not remember that at all. We totally did. Um, yes. We yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I, I believe you hundred uh, percent. I because we've seen so many movies together, and all of them, I think have been comic book related, so. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and this is this is a, a funny one, because, um, you know, Christina, you got, you just went super into Swamp Thing, and mm. this uh, character, John Constantine, it's, it's created by, by Alan Moore, and his first appearance, or his first full appearance is in Swamp Thing 37. There's some debate over whether or not you can see him in like one panel a few issues, a few issues earlier which I, I don't necessarily agree with, but... Um, his, go ahead. Yeah, I, I believe his first... Tr well, he did appear in Crisis on Infinite Earth for uh, a page, and that was before most anything else. Um, but I'm not sure if his first appearance was in Swamp Thing or if it was in Crisis. Okay. But he, he popped up in a lot of places back in the, you know, in the, in the 80s. Yeah. Typical, typical Constantine. <laughs> yeah, he just appears wherever. <laughs> Like in um, you know, when um the Vertigo thing happened, um, Hellblazer that was one of the first one of the first big titles next to Sandman, right? Yeah, that was the first um, Vertigo book that I bought. I saw it and I started reading it with Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, and I didn't look back. I was I was on board for a long time. Yeah. Well, before we jump straight into talking about the movie, um, as is our tradition on the show. Rob, what is the nerdiest thing that's happened to you since we last spoke? Well, today they just announced that the uh, potentially new, the, the bad guy for uh, Ant-Man 3 will be Kang the Conqueror, um, which is a very, very nerdy time traveling villain um, who comes into, uh, you know, after the events of Endgame where all of time is screwed up. Um, and he will likely be played by... Um, Jonathan Majors, who is the star of one of my new current favorite shows, Lovecraft Country. So he's the star of that, and uh, he's fantastic. So I I am totally on board. Marvel has not done me wrong yet. So, do you want to say why Lovecraft Country is one of your favorite shows? Because I have a feeling it starts with C and ends with U. Well, it starts with C and ends with Thulu. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I drew a uh, comic strip for like ten years, and and one of the characters was was a little Cthulhu. And uh, in the show, it, uh, it has a Cthulhu in like the first minute of the show. It's awesome. Yeah, you sent me a, you sent me a screenshot of your television, and I was like, that looks pretty damn cool. Holy shit! It's really it's 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 a very cool horror action show. I recommend it to to anybody who likes that sort of thing. It's produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Um, Abrams, so it's got uh, oh, cool. got a lot of good stuff in it. And that's HBO, right? Is that word? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Christina, outside of all of your responsibilities, you're quite a busy woman. Is there anything nerdy that's happened to you recently? Well, can I count this? Because this is pretty <laughs> yes. nerdy. Yes, this is. I don't see why not. <laughs> I mean, I, every time I hang out with you, but I'm still going to count this because it's definitely the nerdiest. This is up there. I, I will wear that like a badge of honor. That's, a, <laughs> that's great. Um, uh, for me, like I mentioned, um, you know, it being October, I went a little crazy at the dollar. By the way, everybody, if you need to just like decorate quick and get like a lot of good stuff, Dollar Tree, man, that's where you get the best Halloween decorations. You will make your place look so festive. It's been a real mood lifter for sure. Just kind of being surrounded by skulls and pumpkins and shit. But um, the, the yeah, that's real sounds real mood lifting. I mean, right? <laughs> I mean, it definitely did. Um, you know, so we, we all live in the Bay Area and we just had like last week basically like a a portal of hell opened up in the sky. And it, you know, I was like, oh, this is gonna be a good day to marathon some spooky shit. Um, and it, that was a lot of fun. But the nerdiest, nerdiest thing I gotta say, 
is a uh, I recently got a jigsaw puzzle that had like a <laughs> bunch of like horror icons and some deep cuts and some of the more popular ones that was um that was given to me by someone who shall rename nameless but she's <laughs> guest hosting right now <laughs> so um thank you for that and she got to watch me put it together like a just a complete nerd it came out of the box like already pretty much just in giant chunks so it took you me, like, cannot say that you put that together we won't debate it here but one day you'll actually put a puzzle together and yeah well, amazing we'll go offline and continue this conversation <laughs> um but that thing was done really quickly um but that was that was a lot of fun um and uh yeah i don't know why don't we just jump right into it and, and i really want to start um, so Constantine, 2005, directed by Francis Lawrence. I have a question for both of you. And I'm going to start with Rob. Rob, if you could describe <laughs> John Constantine in three words, what would you say? Blonde British badass. That's great. Christina, same question. John Constantine, describe him in three words. Um, I would say... Uh, sassy, blonde, and British. <laughs> so I'm going to describe John Constantine in three words, and that's not Keanu Reeves. Because I was so pissed off when I found out that they were, first of all, I got super excited that they were making Constantine. Then when I found out that it was John, that it was going to be Keanu Reeves playing him, I was like, Are you? I got nothing against the guy. I like the guy. But I was just, I mean, there were so many actors then and now, and I know that they have the character on all those shows that you watch, Rob, that I haven't seen one second of. And uh, he's supposed to be. And I will make you watch them. He's supposed to be pretty great, right? Like you dig him, yeah. I I think he is pitch perfect. He gets to be the PG thirteen superhero Constantine. He gets to be the PG thirteen rated R Constantine, who gets to say fucking shit and cunt and all that stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, there, there's there. Um, they have a rated R. Constantine that he does but he also he mostly does the PG-13 stuff that's on the TV okay um yeah like there's so many actors at that, at that time that I was like I mean I was like thinking like even now I mean like Ewan McGregor or somebody would be perfect for that but mm -hmm. I, go ahead I mean you could have like Jude Law do it you could have had uh I mean there were so many people you could have Sean Bean there, there are so many people at the time, and that I, I think I read it was American before I read it was Keanu. But I, and that's just like, oh no, this, yeah. this is. And we weren't too deep into like the loyal comic book movies yet, so this was just like fine. This is this is the best we're gonna get. Well, that was that that was the thing that was really frustrating about it to me because the timing. Um, this came out in two thousand five, and I, I, you know, it seemed like WB was really kind of like just going all in again and. You know, that's the year that Batman Begins came out. And it seemed like this was going to be maybe a flagship for like a like a Vertigo line of movies, which I thought would be a really cool idea if you had like the DC and the Vertigo imprints as like cinematic uh, series, like going side by side. And to kick it off with Keanu Reeves, I mean, it's really only due to the Matrix movies that he gets this, right? Yeah, he... Uh... I mean, he's he's coasting on a lot of goodwill from the Matrix at that point, and probably a contract with Warner Brothers. Plus, he's a big comic book nerd, but this is not the character he wants to play. I doubt. I mean, he I, I know he liked playing the role. He had a lot of fun, he, and there's like a campaign to have him play it again somewhere on the line. But I don't want to see that. I mean, I love Keanu, but yeah. this is not him. It, he's this, he was not made for this part. There's a hundred other characters he could have played, not this one. I think that we should be grateful that he didn't try to do a British accent again after a draft <laughs> good god I mean, oh, he's yeah. he's already kind of like wrestling a little bit with this movie with trying to sound like cool <laughs> um but um you know as we were talking about earlier he is an alamore creation and his first appearance i mean uh he's a swamp thing character pretty much first and foremost um christina why don't you talk a little bit about swamp thing because i i, I would love to hear your experience with that book and like why it means so much to you um, I don't know, actually, why it means so much to me, why it was that one that I really, I guess, latched on to. But I absolutely love Swamp Thing more than anything. Um, I, you know, wanted to die and marry him. 
like <laughs> Swamp Thing is my absolute favorite comic ever. I I really appreciate the the humor and the horror aspect of it. It's got a little bit of everything. Um I love the artwork. I really like how much he does with plants and earth and he can, you know, travel through all the the roots in the swamp and you know, he can go to hell and uh, there's just so much. There's so much in it. It's so dense, um, and it covers it covers a lot. You know, and, so- and there's like a a whole issue where he has sex with Abby Arcane, and by eating a yam off his back. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. There's so much in there. It's very much a romantic book. I mean, whenever time I've read it, I'm not the biggest Swamp Thing fan, but every time I read it, it's very. It's romantic to a point. It's like some mm-hmm. weird gothic romance horror type mix. It's not like a lot of action or anything, but it's a lot of suspense, a lot of horror. And I find that the relationship between Swamp Thing and, and Abby to be, you know, it's I think that is the, love. the main theme of uh, at least the Alan Moore run was his relationship with Abby. Oh, it's always been. I mean, she, whenever time they do Swamp Thing, she's still... She's still shows, in it. Yeah. And even the TV show, she's she's still the, the lead female in it. Well, I did name my youngest daughter after her. So it really <laughs> stuck with me. Um, I'm so it's I'm just now putting this together after knowing you for like two decades, Christina, but now I'm getting like the 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 vegan connection. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that never um yeah, I never love the plants occurred to me. But one of my favorite things about you in this book. Um, is that you? We we would go to cons every now and then when they'd be around back then, and a lot of that time. And Rob, as you know, a lot of the time, I mean, sure, you go to cons for getting signatures and like meeting people and stuff like that. But a big part of it is filling out those back issue collections and getting stuff, you know, um, dirt cheap, you know. And you quickly got every issue of yeah. um, of Alan Moore's run, but you read it to a point and then you stopped because you didn't <laughs> want it to be over with. Is that right? That's right. I have eight issues left. My um, intention 20 years ago was to read it on my deathbed. We'll see if I can read then or comprehend Swamp Thing. Uh, but I've reread up, up until those eight issues quite a few times over the last 20 years and I just I can't read the last eight I'm not ready I'm not ready for it to be over but there's yeah. so much more after it though there's a Grant Morrison run there's uh, Brian K. Vaughn but it's not Alan Moore <laughs> you're not gonna get Alan Moore but you're gonna get something different and interesting. I can I'm fine with reading other writers later on but it's the Alan Moore it's the Alan Moore ending that I'm not ready for Let's talk about that a little bit because another big series at that time that was Don Constantine was that first, that four issue hard time arc that Azzarello wrote, which oh, was so a, good. A, had the Alamore quote on the back of the of the trade paperback, mm-hmm. and um, that to me was just like I mean I mean I I think Rob you and I we don't really fight very often, but I think we might have like gotten into it over Richard Corbin's art because I love his art and I think that is a perfect four issue arc. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I, th- I prefer my, uh, my favorite run on Hellblazer was the Ennis stuff, but I, I have, I liked all the uh, Azarello stuff. Um, I, I don't recall having an issue with the Corbin art. Um, yeah. And then he had Frozen on after that, which was like very reminiscent of Eduardo Russo. So yeah, the hundred bullet stuff that was happening at the same time. I was like, yeah, you don't recall that. You also don't recall seeing this in the movie theater and that happened. I swear. <laughs> All right, all right, settle down there. One thing I really liked about um, the Hard Time Hellblazer is I loaned that to, like, every brother that I have, which is a lot, every friend as kind of an introduction to comic books. Like, hey, look, you'll like comic books. Just read this. And it really drew people in. Yeah, I think you did that with, like, with the first uh, 100 Bullets trade, too. Um, I did. And also, um, do you remember the Superman Tower of Babel? Is that how it's pronounced? Justice League. Yeah, Tower of Babel. Yeah. Yeah. That one, 
everybody loves that one. Everybody. Yeah, Rob, do you want to tell people why it's so awesome? It's because Batman kicks everybody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not so much Batman kicks their ass as that his, the plan they're stolen from Batman and then mm-hmm. Ra's al Ghul or Ra's al Ghul, however oh, you want yeah. to call it, takes the, and beats the entire Justice League with those plans. With Batman's plans. It's so cool. Yeah, so <laughs> Batman inadvertently betrays the entire Justice League. It's pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome idea. God damn, Mark Wade, yeah. why can't you have more of those? Hey. Well, he's coming back to DC, so the oh, really? video's gone. He's coming back. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, I mean, uh, Constantine did, I mean, he just, like, in that, in, in like, a, a the entire run of, like, a great run, and, like, Swamp Thing is the first uh, book to, to ditch the, um, the comics code, um, and it, it arguably is kind of responsible for the Vertigo line being created. Um, and, you know, amidst all that, like Constantine just stands out. I mean, he's originally, um, he's, he's a magician that basically sold his soul to heaven and hell. So they just kind of keep him alive and he's a chain smoker and he's got cancer. So, I mean, Rob, that's the movie though. That's not the comic. Well, that's what I was going to ask you to, to, to talk about a little bit because like this does, the, the movie does lift some elements from, from different, um, series most notably the ennis stuff though right because i'm not as familiar with the ennis with the ennis work as you are so yeah so his first arc was called dangerous habits and that's when john constantine finds out that he has cancer so he starts trying to weasel his way out of going to hell he hasn't sold his soul or anything at that point um he just knows he's going to hell for all the shit that he's done in his life because he's a complete bastard um, and the movie doesn't, you know, really communicate that, that he's just total scum. In the movie, he's kind of a jerk, but he's fairly heroic as well. Comic book Constantine is, com- he's fairly irredeemable. He's likable. You want to hang out with him, but you're probably going to die too. Anyway, in Dangerous Habits, um, at the end, he ends up selling his soul to three different devils. Um, and so when his lung cancer starts to kill him, the devil, the, the demons or the devils realize that they can't all have his soul. Okay. So if they, if he dies, hell will be decimated through a war over his soul because they all want it. So they, they're forced to cure his lung cancer and, uh, and let him live. And that's how it ends. He, he flips off all the, he flips off hell basically. And that's how it ends. That's that arc. Which I really wanted to see in the movie, and I was pretty disappointed that that wasn't a part of it. And that's a part of the movie that, like, really, if this was, like, Keanu Reeves, like, monster exorcist hunter or something, I would have been totally down with it. Like a completely different character? Yeah, but it's, like, so barely, I mean, they, they lift a little, like, here and there from John Constantine that it's barely the characters like the name and a couple of this and that because never really see up until recently if you're reading hellblazer or the john constantine comics or even probably in swamp thing you never see him like making magic or anything it's all implied and and his skills are all you know behind the curtain he's manipulating events for and you know and doing different things you know he doesn't like run john constantine does things like not run (laughs) <laughs> he's, a, he's a 30 he's a 30 cigarette a day smoker he's not running yeah. anywhere and he doesn't punch people he doesn't he's not a, a very active guy he doesn't you know doesn't he doesn't wield a up, crucifix shotgun he does not wield he does not beat up gavin rossdale from bush i would you know, a, that would <laughs> um well can i pitch the title for the movie that you're saying because i remember back then when you and i walked out of the theater you called it you called it Keanu Stantine. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> Which is pretty much what I'm what I'm gonna title this podcast. And you know that's fine. That <laughs> yeah, I, you know I'm important for that. And I love Keanu. I you know he's great in so when he has a role that he's good at, like a John Wick or a Ted Logan or you know, Neo in the first Matrix, he's fantastic. But this is he's just He's cool. I mean, I would have liked to have seen Adventures of, you know, Joe Blow, Monster Hunter, but yeah, this is just, it's just not John Constantine. Now I hear that. How did you feel? So you mentioned, Christina, that this is the first time that you'd seen it in a long time and it was not what you remembered it at all. Did you enjoy it? Uh, okay. So that's a difficult question 
Um, yes, I have not seen it since it came out, but uh, did I enjoy it? I would say from second to second, I was flipping back and forth to I hate this movie and I love this movie. It would go from these beautiful, like wide shots with nice dark colors and um, just just beautiful shots to like close ups of somebody's face and they're saying like some cheesy line mm. like they did in the early 2000s or the 90s a lot of movies had these like really close-up face shots where they were you know b-man is like talking on the phone and then it, it one second later it's it uh skips back to like a beautiful shot and the whole movie was a roller coaster for me and for that it was a little bit hard to get through i had to stop after an hour and then uh, started up again a few hours later because it was just so back and forth from one second to a next between like cheesy and okay, I like this scene. I like this part of a scene. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that for sure. This is a, this is a first time director, Francis Lawrence, who um, went on to do I, I Am Legend after this and like a, some Hunger Games movies and a bunch of other shit that I've never seen and probably will never watch. But when this came out, I had the same feeling about the visuals. I thought the colors were really, really nice. It has some beautiful shots. My favorite shot in the entire movie, which I remember um, when I saw it the first time, just being like, wow, that's a great shot, is when uh, Rachel Weisz, also it's a pretty good cast outside of Keanu, when Rachel Weisz, um, she's, uh, she has a twin sister who commits suicide and she jumps off a roof and there's this shot from um, underwater facing up through a window. And she falls through the glass and the glass hits the water first and then her body hits. And it was so well orchestrated, but then, yeah, you're right. It don't, it'll jump back and forth between these like really cheesy, over dramatic close-ups that are just kind of like, yeah, it's pretty inconsistent. Rob, how did you no feel watching transition. this? No, exactly. Um, what about you, Rob? There, I mean, for me, a lot of this movie was just, I agree um, that, there are some great looking shots in this. And then there's other parts that look so brown and so boring. Um, it's like so many parts of it are devoid of color. And then, I mean, it's just, it's like someone got, you know, they, they like got uh, their new CGI toy. Cause I, I mean, <laughs> the, the monsters in it are so uninspired. Yeah. The, I mean, and, the, the set design is so overdone. The dialogue is so overdone. Everything is, it looks like it was made by, you know, 10 people on a committee that had really had never read the comic. So he, he's born with this and, and he's cursed because he tried to kill himself. That's the person who cur he, he killed, but in the comic, he actually did kill. He, he let a little kid die instead of him. Um, and that's why he's all tortured and shit. But here he's just, he's, he's essentially a good guy. He's way too likable. And, you know, they have Pruitt Taylor Vince, who's like the, the dirty priest man. Um, and everything's just all dirty and disgusting. And I, I mean, any location you go into, it's like so overset dressed. Like you go into Constantine's uh, exorcism apartment thing. This is like, everything's just like decked out or Beeman's uh, underneath the, uh, the bowling alley thing it's just so i mean just so overdone and it just like it, it's distracting to you know i appreciate good set dressing but this is just like wait they were trying to world build and they failed miserably so many times yeah i could see that it definitely does feel like it's kind of like trying to to to, to pull some like some some finchery some seven vibes um yeah i think yeah it, that seems like a first director kind of thing like he's like okay i got this budget you know, I've got this character. I'm going to like, I'm just going to like show them how it's done. And yeah, it does feel a little too. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like overcooked. I Absolutely. agree. But without all that, what kind of movie do we have? Honestly. Well, John Constantine, it, you know, it's, it's, if you, it, in the comics is a very low budget type of thing. He does all of his magic through talking and manipulation. He doesn't like, things don't blow up around him. Occasionally you see a monster or something and that that's the scary part or he'll see swamp thing or he'll, you know, he'll get involved in something. He's not a big screen type of person. He does little magic or magic that you never know is happening until he's actually 
done it to you. Like in Hard Time, where he he screws over the boss, the the the, the jail mob boss, and all the cons start giving them the cigarettes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where he, he he ends up, you know, borrowing so much and then screws over the mob boss, and and all the cons start giving him the cigarettes because they all want to be on his good side. I mean, it's just it's but, stuff like that. You but never that's really what see I'm him. saying. That's not in this movie. So if no, we don't not. have the dialogue and then we don't have the overdressed sets, what do we have? <laughs> Nothing. You have not. You, yeah, you have something that's not John Constantine. Yeah. This is. It's very loosely I mean, based on the comic. Yeah, very, very loosely. Oh my god! It. I mean, there is so much. I mean, and there's stuff that they cut out that would have helped a little bit. Um, oh really? There's like a whole whole subplot with Michelle Monaghan. Um, and I don't know if you guys know who that is, um, but she's like a fairly well-known actress now. But she played Lilith, who is a half-demon that Constantine was um, having an affair with in the movie. And she's literally in, she has two words. She has one line. She's, she's the one in, at the end of the movie where he comes in and, she go, and he lights his, his lighter and the holy water comes down. She's the one that goes, holy water? <laughs> Wow, they just cut her down to that. Oh my god! Yeah, she's not even in the credits anymore, and she's like a really well-known. I mean, she's in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. She's in um, uh, uh, what's that other that other Downey movie with Zach Galifianakis? And it wrote, uh, shit. Anyway, she's in a bunch of stuff. Okay. She's in the, all, the, all the Mission Impossible movies. She's Tom Cruise's wife. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. I'm gonna propose something, and you guys tell me if you agree. Is that like? I, I'm sure that, that the character Constantine does have a good movie in him, but to me, with his character, less is more. And he should be a supporting character. That's why he works in Swamp Thing. He shows up, he does something fucking badass, and then he's out. Well, there, if you look at the um, the TV show for Constantine, not the Legends of Tomorrow stuff where they've like totally watered him down and made him kind of cutesy. I mean, he still has an edge to him, but he's still like on the CW when they had his, when it was just him on his own show, watch the first hour or two of that. And you will get a real good constant live action Constantine. Still not quite the rated R version, but you'll get Matt Ryan in the yellow coat and smoking cigarettes and blonde hair and satin all throaty and, <laughs> and, and you know, he looks fantastic. He sounds fantastic. He does a little bit of like Doctor Strange magic type stuff, but I can get past that. Okay. That's what they. What that's what he does now. He's he's a little bit more showy, just because he's a little bit more um, in there. And they did actually take the Keanu, Keanu Constantine, and <laughs> made him. They made him canon. If it for really in the show, yeah. Okay, how does that work? No, in so in the comics, um, just mo- recently at the beginning of his newest series. That actually just got canceled, unfortunately, because it was really good. Um, he sees alternate versions of himself, and he's like, kind of like, you know, he sees himself kind of like the the comic book superhero type, with where he's like Justice League Dark, and then he's got the he's like the he sees the the Keanu version, and it's just like one page, and he just sees different versions of himself, and he just kind of laughs at it. That's, that's a cool narrative shit. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and then it's the hardcore rated R Constantine looking at all all this stuff where he just swears. So the one thing that I do have to say in this version of the character, in his defense, that I, that I do think is there are a couple of things I really like about this movie. I I kind of I think back when it came out, I really enjoyed it a lot more because it was like, oh, thank God they're kind of they're kind of treating comic books seriously now. We'd had the Schumacher shit going on. I mean, you had Marvel going on with like yeah but i but you had you but you had like x-men and blade and it was kind of like going there and this one felt a little bit like in that direction and i was like super excited about it i had two spider-man movies at that point son yeah so. yeah you had the sam raimi spider-mans but they weren't dark like this they weren't like you know gritty yeah. and stuff so like i was excited to see that but um you know it, and i watched it a lot and i liked it back then a lot and I'm like, this last viewing wasn't so hot maybe because i did watch it a lot back then but there are a couple of things that i think are really really cool and one of them and I, I, God, I don't know why, but like, man, his fucking forearm tattoo thing at the end is awesome. And that looks so cool. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really cool for someone that's not John Constantine, even though he's kind of tatted up now a little bit. But 
there's a lot to like about this movie. There's a lot of cool stuff. I like the the cross shotgun thing. I like the the tattoo thing. I like there's so much. I love Lucifer in this movie, even though he's nothing like comic book Lucifer. But I love so. There's a like huge chunks of this movie. Tilda Swinton in it is awesome. Yeah. I have but, to second but, the Lucifer thing. Every second he was on screen was like perfect. Yeah. It made the movie. <laughs> I'm gonna He's genuinely terrified. I got a third that Peter Stormare as the devil is such a great casting get, and like his white suit and his like feet that are covered in tar and shit. He's just like he's chewing it up, and he's just so yeah. You're right. It's, it's just perfect casting. Yeah, I mean, this movie's got like you said, it has great a great cast. I mean, Rachel Weisz. It's got Joel Swinton. It's got even Shia is like the one weak point because he is like in a completely different movie to me and i i've seen him the stuff where i liked him i've seen him stuff where i've hated him but in this i mean how many times does he say the name john, john oh yeah john yeah. john 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 <clears throat> that uh, seems like an acting my... tick on his part because like at this point he wasn't really even shia labeouf yet i don't think transformers hadn't happened yet had it um it was either right before i think it was he did constantine right before transformers because that was 2005 as well i think okay the first one yeah he was like no 2007 was the first transformers okay so like i didn't know anything about him i thought he was okay he was you know um he he definitely had like it felt like he was about to blow up for sure he felt like a pretty solid sidekick and the way that they treated him was kind of like interesting because like typically a sidekick in these kind of movies isn't gonna like die you know but he disappears for like this the second act of the movie. He's not in. He's nowhere in there. Yeah. And then he, he just disappears back, completely. And then he dies, and they seem to just forget all about it. Like he dies, and then uh, Constantine just goes on with all the stuff he's doing. Then leaves. They never bring it up again. No sadness. No funeral. It's just he just dies, and they forget about him. No, they have the, uh, did you not watch the post-credit sequence? There's no way she watched the post-credit sequence. I did not. <laughs> there was a post So Constantine, spoiler alert, has a post-credit sequence um, where John Constantine is visiting Chaz Kramer's, um, which in the comics, Chaz Chandler. But, uh, and it's much an older man in the comics. Um, that uh, he goes visits his uh, his grave and he- That's like, good. Uh, and uh, uh, Chas comes out, pops out of the grave, and he sprouts wings and flies away. What? He's an angel now. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's silly, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's the, the movie's attempt at world building that half of, it doesn't really work. All the Lucifer stuff, even the hell stuff, I kind of like, even though it looked kind of like Fallout or someone's, but the monsters just look like shit. They're just, they all look like the I Am Legend monsters. It's like they're, they're so... They all look the same. They all have half a head. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no variety. They all just look like skinny skeleton monsters with half a head. And, and that doesn't scare me past the first one. If they all look like that, then who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, there's no scares at all. And I mean, even though, what, 2005, we're talking 15 years ago, it's like, even at the time when CG was like really rocking, it had been 10 years since like Jurassic Park came out. And these still didn't look, very good even back then yeah i mean it, it, the, the part where he the parts where he's in hell and he's moving they look fine it looks very, very like post-apocalyptic but as soon as you introduce anything that's not real like the demons they look stupid and when they finally show mammon showing up it's like when he's like sauntering and he's got a full head but no eyes or whatever he's he, they look stupid i thought the it was interesting how the first scene with the exorcism was very much like the exorcist like they just weren't very original there whatsoever yeah and, and that kind of bummed me out i mean it's a, it's the scene itself is fine to introduce the character but he, john constantine isn't an exorcist he doesn't do that stuff for shits and giggles or for money or anything he, he does it because he just happens to be there <laughs> I mean, I, I guess he got the amulet from um, from Pro Taylor Vince's character, but big whoop. I am smashed his car. I gotta say, I'm pretty surprised that. I mean, it, it does seem like if you're gonna do a big budget movie based on comic book character, 
and back in 2005 and when like yeah you're like yeah spider-man is like making all this money but this isn't spider-man and they're they're just kind of about to try and start batman and superman over again with like you know more realistic taste it's pretty surprising that they do maintain and keep him smoking cigarettes a central part of his character and a part of the plot because i i don't i mean i don't know if they would really even do that now it seems like that's so taboo to have anybody smoking in, in movies yeah, John Constantine is really the only character who's allowed to smoke on movies and television anymore because he smokes on the show. Does he? Okay. See, I'm yeah. surprised to hear oh, yeah. that. Okay. It's it's very it's very very light smoking, but he always has a pack of cigarettes. He's always trying to light something up, but he never really gets too deep into it. But Wolverine doesn't get to smoke anymore. The Thing doesn't get to smoke anymore. All those guys they don't get to smoke. But John Constantine, he always gets to smoke just because it's such you can't you can't you can't have that character without him. I was very disappointed that he was chewing gum in the end. Oh, <laughs> that, that would that bummed me out so bad. Yeah. Oh God, you just I just completely forgot. You're right. It's been so long. But yeah, Wolverine and, and the thing in the books they've always they're always chomping on a giant fucking stogie. Well, yeah. And then in the first couple of movies, Wolverine smoking a cigar. Oh, that's right. Smoking a cigar. That's right. Yeah. You had Hugh Jackman smoking a big old cigar, but you know he, he later on. There's like no smoking in comics because kids read so many comics these days. So you're saying, I mean, you're recommending this, the TV version of this guy. You, you think that, that, that like it's worth like what the, the show is. Does he show up in that Swamp Thing show that came out? No, he doesn't. There's a um, Constantine show that you can probably see on HBO Max or I have it. You can watch it on mine. Um, and um it's 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 very close to the comics other than the fact that it's for network television so there's no swearing and that's about it but the violence is all there he's not super you know spell casty but he does some some stuff but he's he's a bastard and and treats people like shit and he's trying to you know he's trying to like one up everybody and sleep with everybody okay huh. yeah, i'll watch it huh. um so rob you, what do you got in your notes man what kind of fun facts Oh my God! So many notes. Well, um, well, the, the, some, the, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of stuff to really love about this movie. Um, one of the cool things is that the Vertigo logo is like right up front, and that's like the first time I think I ever saw that in, in a movie. I mean, Marvel had theirs, and I think DC had their DCP or whatever at the time, but this one had the Vertigo logo, and I was like, all right, let's see some shit here. <laughs> but it, it, it was just you know kind of kind of just like not there you know yeah. um i mean the, the the thing about this movie and i i i know i'm i'm kind of like beating a dead horse over it but it it gives you just enough john constantine to make it kind of frustrating yeah i can see that i mean like like i mean even like down to like the the way that they translated his costume like they made i think the 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 wardrobe looks great I mean, there's like a good style to it. You put anybody else in that same costume that's blonde and British or maybe Sting-like. Um, yeah. And it's, it's all, it's immediately uh, it jumps up like the, the ladder of being closer to a good movie. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I know that, you know, original John Constantine is based on Sting and Sting actually loves the fact that John Constantine is based on him. He actually, um, on the... 30th anniversary or 35th anniversary book that has a picture of Sting dressed up as John Constantine. <laughs> Are you awesome. fucking serious? Yeah. It's uh and he writes the opening to the book and it's like an anthology of all the, the best Hellblazer stories. Oh my god, that's awesome. But yeah, but he's like super he's like super stoked to have his character based on him. Well, I have to apologize, you guys, for picking this as my movie. I mean, it was really kind of like going with like the, the, the Bill and Ted keeping that going, but it, and it did feel kind of like autumnal in October. And I do have fond memories of it. But yeah, watching it again this time, it's just like, it's grasping don't, for a lot of stuff. And it's just, no, but don't, don't apologize. One, I'm not done yet. Oh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's just make this over. Okay, what do you got? And and and, and you know, again, it's 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 a it's two movies that are were like fused into one. If there's a John Constantine movie that's out there that's good, and then there's you know Keanu Reeves Monster Hunter movie out there that's good, 
but they put them together they taste like you know oreos and asshole it's just disgusting oh okay um, it's just it's just not great sorry for that visual <laughs> but there, there's a um there's a lot of good stuff in it like papa midnight he's pretty decent in it you know he's pretty like kind of intimidating there's a lot of cool concepts in it the world building isn't all a failure it's just you know it doesn't fit with john constantine but there's a lot of cool stuff tilda swinton is fucking fantastic in this movie oh, especially when she first shows up she looks like david bowie yeah she's tilda swinton I mean, man she's yeah. awesome she just is awesome yeah she she's just i, I part of me is like she's kind of slumming it for this but i don't <laughs> think she was this is well before she won the oscar for michael clayton and stuff um and as much as i think gavin rossdale sucks as an actor when he gets his face melted off that's an awesome practical effect mm. i thought he looked when he's getting the shit kicked out of him by keanu god bless his heart uh, <laughs> he, he that when he's got like half a face and he's like you know he looks great yeah that that half green face he's like the only interesting looking monster in the whole thing that's not cgi because if i spent a little bit of time watching behind the scenes and stuff and it that's like for the most part that's real practical makeup he looks great it's almost like you know the casting director it's kind of like a okay whose face do we want to see get melted off how about that asshole from bush <laughs> yeah let's get him because he's not an actor he's his casting is so completely random in this but i think he actually he works fine in the movie yeah i mean he's he, i mean when he does like the finger looking good thing yeah i was like oh that's that's just a bad line and i mean he's he's acting against keanu who can actually act when he you know when he's in the right role and he's just outmatched i mean gavin rostow's got nothing but apparently that pissed off gwen stefani because gavin rostow got a movie role before she did um oh yeah they were together back then right yeah well that's too um, <laughs> yeah it, it there's and the, the the end of the movie um is very frustrating for me with um John kills him or tries to kill himself to bring Lucifer down or Lucifer up to uh, to to save uh, Angela. There's a really really great it. line leading up to that that I that I that stood out to me watching this that I that I liked a lot when Tilda Swinton playing Gabriel is talking to um, to Keanu Stantine and um, is like you're the you, yours is the only soul that he, Lucifer would come up and collect himself which gives so much great foreboding that when it does happen, you're like, oh shit. Like, I mean, it also says, a, that's such a great character line. It's kind of like a, in like action movies, like, well, how badass is he kind of moment, you know? It's like, oh, well, he's got the only soul that the devil would come out of hell to get personally. Yeah, but the, the, the whole point of his sacrifice was to do something good that would get him into heaven. But the John Constantine that I've read about since I was in, you know, for the last 25 years knows that if he does this, it's still, it's not an altruistic act. He's doing it to, to play a con. Yeah. So he's killing, he's killing himself knowing full well that he shouldn't be getting into heaven. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, that, that, that logic doesn't work to me. I mean, yeah, you get to see Pierce tomorrow do some really awesome like scene chewing and stuff and, and all that but past that it's just it's just it doesn't make sense there's it, john constantine well, doesn't want to go to heaven he just doesn't want to die the writing for constantine was not there whatsoever in other parts of the movie yes absolutely but all of it just his character the dialogue nothing was there to match up with the constantine that we read in the comics. Like his facial expressions, not there, none of it, none of it was there. I agree with that. Cause I kind of feel like, uh, like he should like, and this is definitely maybe just Keanu's limitations, but like when, uh, God, she's like, uh, she says something like, I don't believe in the devil. Like, you should, he believes in you. He's trying so hard to sound like noirish and like detached, but that doesn't, that's not John Constantine. John Constantine, is just got he's always got kind of like a you know a card up his sleeve and a smirk and yeah, like that. he's got a shit-eating grin on his face all the time and this guy he doesn't have it at all yeah and, and there's stuff in it that like really again when he doesn't hold the elevator for angela 
when she's like, you know, hold the elevator and she's, I forget the stupid line that he says, but there is no way. I think he says John going Austin, down or something like that. Or go, <laughs> something like that. Something like, yeah. Something, and, but he doesn't hold it for, there is no way that John Constantine wouldn't let her on the elevator because he would try to sleep with her. Uh, yeah. There was no, I mean, he yeah, would, he, that was, all I mean, gone. yeah, he was, I mean, I, they, they, I know that that's why they took out um, the Lilith character, the Michelle Monaghan character, um, because they wanted him to be so alone. But that's the whole thing. John Constantine's never alone. It's just people around him keep dying. And the one person that they kill in the movie is the one person who doesn't die is Chaz. <laughs> Chaz doesn't ever die it's because he is such a, an idiot. And, you know, that, that's John's tool. I mean, he... Well, and the line, yours, yours is the one soul the devil would, you know, come up here for, doesn't have any background to it. They don't explain why. His character doesn't show a person that, you know, the devil really wants their soul. Why? Why does he want it? Well, the devil wants a soul because he killed himself, so you automatically go to hell. But he's and the only one on the planet who but he also tried to commit sin. suicide. He deported the, he deported their asses back to hell. <laughs> oh right, that's <laughs> right. I so, forgot about that. Yeah, and that doesn't make any sense. In the comic, he he messes up like he 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 messes up an exorcism and causes a young girl to go to hell, and that's you know the starting point of a lot of. Constantine stories is that he allows Astra, the young girl, to go to hell and die, and he can never get her back. Yeah. So, because he he was he got too full of himself, and so he that's why. And yeah, and, and they also didn't have this one be a complete alcoholic too, which kind of bummed me out because Constantine's like perpetually drunk and smoking all the time. Yeah, I'm gonna say that I think that this is one of those situations where I mean, you mentioned that Keanu is a comic book fan and you know it's the kind of thing where it's like i i leave this kind of like at the actor's door by looking at something and just like not acknowledging that they're not right for it and doing it anyway just like fucking ben affleck being batman it's like you say no if you give a shit about the character don't do it you know it's like you're not going to try and like you know, prove to the world that you can be this thing that you're clearly not. Like, just I, I, I think it, it's a big whoa, problem that you do. Oh, hold on, hold on there. If someone offered me today the role to play Batman, mm-hmm. I would totally do it, and I would hate and that I, movie. I would not pay to go see it. Yes, you would, because it's me. Oh, well, yeah. Sure. <laughs> but just in general, I, I mean, there's something about it that you, you. I mean, the, what are, what are you going to, you know? The, the opportunity to play a beloved character or your the, the chance to see someone fuck it up even worse. I think that's, that's the call that you have to make. It's like, I would read. Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, you're, especially when we're talking about somebody who's so completely could not be further from the source material, you know, it's kind of yeah. like up to you. But I don't think that's Keanu, That wasn't Keanu's fault. They, you know, they didn't, they Americanized him. They had to before, Keanu came along. They didn't go, oh, we've got Keanu for this movie. They probably went through a bunch of actors and went, they're not going to bring in the money. Let's make him American. And then we can go get ourselves a big time American actor. Because really, you know, if you get, you know, Jude Law to play him or whoever, no one's going to go see that movie. We would, but hell yeah. Yeah. I think he probably read that script and said, I can do this. And he did. He did the script. He did what they yeah. It just he delivered, wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, wasn't yeah. There. That's a and good at point. the time there's 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 no opportunity to for him to, um, you know, there's no, you know, like awesome Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man type of movie where things are like super not super loyal to the comic, but they get everything right. They get the right things right. So you can you can have that flexibility. They, this is the, during the time where there's a lot wrong and like, you know, you can watch things like Daredevil or the Schumacher Batman's where you get a lot of stuff wrong. Yeah. No, I think that that's maybe, that's an interesting point that you made because it does seem like, yeah, they maybe went through some actors that saw that and felt that way. And then you wind up with Keanu, you know, like they went to Josh Brolin and then they wound up with Ben Affleck, you know, it's like, it does seem like 
this is just yeah and that's a good point too christina that i like that you made is that like yeah he is he is the right choice for this constantine this iteration of it and this isn't the one that we were expecting or really hoping to see yeah and i'm just happy that there's a good one out there and you may and you may disagree if you could may watch like five minutes of that matt ryan constantine show or see him on anything and go oh my god he sucks but i'm really gonna have to check that out it sounds good it only lasted a half a season, so it's 13 oh, episodes, and then he en- he ended up on um, the CW, where he's still playing Constantine. Okay. So wait, the sh- he, 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 what's the show called? Is it just called Constantine? The, the NBC show that he first was introduced on was Constantine. Okay. Then he shows up on an episode or two of Arrow, um, and then he um, moves over to um, Le- Legends of Tomorrow, where he's they kind of moved him to almost the main character um, where they spend a lot of time on, ma- on magical characters and stuff. So there's a lot of him on there and he gets to, you know, they, they, he gets to meet like the comic, the, the TV Lucifer who is delightful and fun. You know, <laughs> tomorrow, but Tom Ellis says Lucifer is a delight. Oh, right. well, maybe I'll have to check that out. Cause this isn't, don't watch legends of tomorrow. You won't like, it. I will watch not. Constantine and you'll probably take that a lot. Well, I think we're all pretty much on the same page here with, with this one swing and a miss. I, yeah. I won't be revisiting it anytime soon. It's fine. It's an entertaining movie, but it's also dumb as dirt and it's not John Constantine. I, I, I just wish they called it something else and just took that, those ideas that they had and made it a different franchise. What was the, what was the title for what we said? Keanu monster hunter. Constantine. <laughs> yeah. Keanu Reeves monster hunter at Keanu Reeves exorcist. I would be totally down with that. Exorcist monster Ooh. hunter. <laughs> Yeah. I also did not enjoy the score. Oh, I don't. They, I think it was too much in the forefront in scenes where it didn't need to be. Just as a side note, another thing I, did, I didn't enjoy. I like how you just took this this thing that we killed and then you just give an extra kick at the end. You're like, also, <laughs> just in case. No, that's like you <laughs> might still want to watch. You just it. like a heel to the eyeball at the very last second. <laughs> Uh, well, you guys, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun talking about this. And um, Christina, you're going to stick around because we're going to do the, the two-faced coin toss and determine who gets All to right. pick the next Maybe issue. it'll be Rob. We'll see. <laughs> for once. I, I hope so. Well, it was Rob the first that. two times and then it was then it was me and then we got sidetracked with the with the Bill and But um, I've got the coin right here, Rob, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it. And you want to call it? Yep. Right, I'm going to flip it right now. Go. Heads. Oh, it's heads, my friend. Oh my god! I don't even know. I, I <laughs> thought I was. Yes, gonna you pick know, something. you know. No, I'm, I'm not going. I don't think I'm going to go with that. No. Um, no, I, I, I'm. I, I think I'm going with something else, but in that same vein. All right. No, I was originally going to pick Civil War for Chadwick Boseman because mm-hmm. he, at the time of this podcast, he had he had passed away a couple weeks before. Um, but I don't. I honestly, I don't think I'm ready to do that yet. Um, and I'd like to give it, you know, one of those like a little bit more thought to it before I start getting into it. So I, it may be, it will probably something be our first foray into the MCU, though. I think. Okay, that sounds great, man. I'm super into it, and you've got plenty to choose from because God, how many fucking MCU movies are there now? <laughs> not enough yeah <laughs> you're so quite a renaissance my friend very lucky. i never thought these days would come and and i'm so happy and i hate this year for not giving me my black widow and eternals and my falcon winter soldier and my wandavision i'm so oh, i'm pissed that we don't have wonder woman 84 man that oh i want that movie oh yeah i well, did what would 2020 be if we got what we wanted yeah it's true wouldn't be 2020 yeah god knows what we're gonna wake up to tomorrow <laughs> um rob always fun to talk to you christina thank you so much for jumping in and joining thank you so conversation. much for having me as your first guest it's been I'm honored. lots of fun and everyone again thank you for listening we've got um uh, we got twitter we got instagram what are all the kids doing we don't have tiktok we don't have that tiktok is all they're on i don't even so. know what kind of content we would put on there Rob? Uh, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not dancing <laughs> to anybody. Do you have a sports bra? Can I put on some some Drake and like just show me a couple moves real quick? 
I could, but I don't think the kids can handle that. I think Plus, I'd be arrested. That would get. Let me that would say, swim. my fourteen-year-old has tried to go through my TikTok. She says I'm on the the TikTok you get when you first join, but then if you keep going, there's all, all kinds of other content. Oh god! Yeah, you, know, you just gotta like really dive into it. No, no, it'll be it'll be something else in in two years. It'll be something. <laughs> It'll be something completely different, and and I don't have the time to learn something new. I am old and grumpy, and so uh, yeah. everyone just stick to the podcast. You can hear us on we're on iTunes, and we've got um I don't know what else we got. We got the uh, the um, Spotify, Spotify, yeah, um, all that good yeah, shit. We're we're in a bunch of places, um, yeah. So yeah, sign up before with us on Facebook and Instagram. Follow. Christina, do you have any social media you want to plug? Is there anything you want to plug out there that's uh, restaurants, anything? Yeah, you just opened up a new restaurant. I did. <laughs> um, plug it. Wasn't planning on talking about this. <laughs> uh, well, you don't have come, to, but, you know. It's, come it's, and eat at my restaurants, uh, The Butcher's Son or The King's Feet. Both are vegan. Um, one is a sandwich shop and one is an Italian restaurant. And where is it located at? Oh, Berkeley, Berkeley, California, Berkeley, Berkeley California, Both USA. Both. So, if, you, if 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 anyone goes to Berkeley, go to those shops. Go Part to those food. shops. You won't be disappointed, even if you love meat. Ray, I'm I'm coming for you. I'm still waiting for my T-shirt. Give you're me that. T- the, forget the T-shirt. You're gonna eat the pepperoni pizza, and uh, you're gonna like it, or at least lie to me about I, it. I'm going to lie through my you chewing teeth. Better be chewing <laughs> and telling me how good it is. Oh man, okay, I'm 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 down to do it. Everyone, thanks again so much for for listening, and we'll see you in issue number six. Take care, all. Bye, bye, everybody. Thank you. Think.